0: Hello and welcome to Bulls FanCast. Uh, Richard Hobbs here. Um, before we start talking about Brighton game, talking about p- which priority level uh, we're all in and even Spurs, a bit of breaking news um, are coming out of the FanCast is we're now part of the 90 Min uh, Football Podcast Network. Um, it's great to be part of it. They are a huge uh, fo- um, football website um, and they've recently sort of expanded into... Um, the realm of podcasts um, in terms of what changes um, not a huge amount to be honest um, in the short run um, basically we're still owning it we've still got complete control over content which some will argue is probably not the, not the best idea in the world um, but essentially it's going to help us broaden our audience particularly overseas in America it's also going to connect us with other like-minded fan um, fan-driven podcasts as well so hopefully we'll, um, going into next season at this point we'll be able to do more features with um, opposition fans and things like that and sort of yeah we can kind of push the fancast and strength for strength but you know we're, we're really excited about this new partnership and yeah, re- really keen to sort of get going on it. So, yeah, stay tuned for sort of hopefully some fun little bits from that over the next coming weeks and months. Um, joining me today, we have Stu and Dan to talk about Brighton. Um, we'll dive right into the start because I think we got thrown a little bit of a curveball um, with the lineup, and in a way, I think it was there was a bit of a fear of being careful what you wish for because i'm not going to go to Stu first because i know his opinion um but dan how did you feel with the lineup because there were quite a few changes there was quite a few um i guess of the less experienced players and the less senior players so you had um hoover coming gibbs white came in the Virginia held his place um as well and we had silver up front what did you sort of feel with the lineup
1: I went into the, the game quite
0: nervous, to be honest. I think
1: I've um, bought into Gully's hype on Graham Potter that we were playing like a pig Barcelona today and going with a back four against this Harlem Globe trotter from the South Coast <laughs> team. I thought we were going to get absolutely <laughs> panned today. I know, I know like they had um, chances, but that it, I was sort of nervous going in because I didn't think defensively we were strong enough to sort of um, keep them out for over 90 minutes. The amount of chances that they create and... The FA was XG, the create every game, and all these superstars at Brighton have got, the Neil Malpoi's and the flipping Pablo Gross or whatever his name is. I, I was genuinely nervous. It was nice to see Matuno and Neves in midfield, but in hindsight, I ain't confident in them pair anymore. So as I said,
0: going into the game, I was nervous. Go on, Stu, because I mean, we we've been talking about really mixing up, and he and he did to he did a bit last weekend as well. Um, against the Albion and we've been crying out for something a bit different in Vitinha. Um but I, I guess sort of there were a couple of uh, say, curveballs especially on the right wing um, were, were you sort of happy I mean don't get me wrong there's parts of it that didn't pay off but um, go on
2: I was shocked to be honest I didn't think he'd do it two games in a row and I had a little Twitter exchange with a friend of the show Ryan Leicester as well and I fully expected it to be back to normal Um Three four three, better regimented players in normal places, and then it came out. And my only issue with it was Gibbs White playing there because that's not his position. And I know it's a kind of Achilles' heel at the minute. If you don't play Troyorro, then what do you do? Because Corbino is never going to play, to be honest. We <laughs> um, yeah, had King Kilman back again, faultless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was really, really encouraged to the fact that Vitini got another chance in the same place as well. I yeah. was just, oh, and the fact that Silva started yet again. So yeah, I was, I, I was more up for this game as soon as I saw the lineup that I had been all week.
0: No, I think um, we'll kind of go into the game as a whole in a minute. But it, it was nice to kind of see Evitino uh, in particular get two starts in a row, which I, I, I'm thinking about. It. I don't know he's done that in the league yet. He's had, he's actually had two starts back to back.
2: His whole career,
0: probably not. No, and um, you know, we'll, we'll, Gibbs White's a talking point in itself. And um, I've I've got a little question to pose to you both uh, towards the end of this segment, anyway. But I felt f- for Wolves first ten minutes, we looked quite bright, and particularly eight Norrie, we seemed to be confident within ourselves and sort of moving the ball, and then it kind of slowed down after that initial 10 minutes, and Brighton started winning set pieces. Yeah. Um,
2: it's, yeah. It's a bit... I and mean, We've seen it so many times where in the games that we do start well, if we if we ain't scored within the first 10 minutes, it, it kind of augurs to pot, and it's like, oh, you've had your fun now, it's better, better being defensive first-half Wolves again, and that's kind of what it is, and it, it, it kind of just... Other than Vittini's shot, which was around the post. We didn't really do anything. We thought it was nice to watch. It was nice on the eye. But other than that, it was, we didn't really probe them. We didn't open them up. And then as soon as they started putting a bit of pressure on and winning set pieces, then it was, I mean, we'll get to the market in a minute, but it just kind of went flat Like from, from a, a kind of, let's say a massive height from a potential. Oh, this is different this time. So, oh no, back to normal then. In the space of like five minutes, he just completely disappeared.
0: Yeah, it was like after that, um Virginia chance where it was really well worked, he shipped you know, a great um, little um, shimmy to open up the space, a uh, really good save by the keeper. And I thought, this is a brave new dawn here. This is, you know, what you want from your number 10, isn't it? Having a shot outside the box. And then all of a sudden soon seemed to sort of lack, um, lack control. And it started to a degree from the set pieces. And I think it completely mentally got to them and it impacted positions on the pitch that had no issue with it. So um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Brighton goal first, because that sort of started it and then they had a couple more chances after that. And Wolves couldn't quite figure out how to handle it for a large portion of the game. So uh, Lewis Duncan opened the scoring. Um, so we're as we're recording this, um, the Albion are currently getting relegated and couldn't conceded a third. So we it it's sort of all flashed up in front of us. Um but yeah, Lewis Dunk um dunked on Wolves. Um was it a case? And I think we we in the group chat, we're sort of trying to decide. I'll go for decide this rather than argue about it, whether it was a case of a Wolves player being at fault, whether it was a system being at fault, or whether it was just quite clever by Brighton, knowing that they have uh, some very big centre-halves who are good headers of the ball, um, bear in mind, and a decent set-piece taker as well, because all the deliveries were really strong. Um, I'm... Right in thinking, we've almost got sort of two different uh, opinions on this one. So I, I went to uh, Dan first on the lineup, so I'll go to Stu first and then let Dan have his uh, counterpoint.
2: I think it's really it's a bit of everything. I mean, they are dangerous from St. Pieces. We know they are, and Dunks a very good head of the ball. So from that point of view, they've done their jobs perfectly. So if you're kind of facing that, then does it really make sense to put Neves marking him? And again, Gully went went into this, and he'll go into it in GTA in the week as well. That zonal marking has been a, a nonsense for a while for us. And considering from set pieces and crosses has been a Achilles' heel all season. It just, I mean, it wasn't so much that one. It was what ha- happened afterwards where they didn't learn from it and didn't change anything up. And that was what pissed me off more than anything else. I mean, yeah, if you get done once, fine. Everyone gets done once. And it was a great header. But. To Not learn from it and to not say okay, kill when you're six foot three, four, whatever you are, you go and stand next to the tall bloke. Just they make any sense,
0: yeah. Um, Dan, how about you? Because I mean, I, I've looked back on it and on hindsight about killing to a degree, and I think she's definitely right that you can almost cope with it happening once and you can attribute it to Brighton being you know a bit savvy. The fact that they had like two or three other decent set pieces where we looked really fragile and really ropey, but for, for the goal initially because that's sort of the one that counted. How did you sort of find it?
1: Good delivery. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever come across any football fan in the world that's a fan of zonal marking. No. No one is. I, I, no. No pundits are either. It must it must work on the training ground when they're defending against cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Professional game. I don't know anyone in the football world that's a fan of zonal marking. I know there's certain coaches across Europe and the world that um, you know s- stand by it, but it's all about taking responsibility and having the intent that if that ball comes in your direction, you're winning that header. I don't. I, I thought we were going to struggle regardless. I think that it was a good delivery when you've got the likes of Dunk, Dan Burn. Um, Webster are more, I think, they're more sort of taller than our defence. Than yeah. Our, than our defense. yeah. You look, you're looking at sort of Connor Cody, um, eight Norrie and Hover. These aren't sort of tearing defenders that I'm going to, you know, brute the way into clearing the head of. And as much as I'm not a fan of Kilman, it's just too much for him to take that responsibility on a, him being the centre of that zone of marking. He was just sort of, um, Ostracised from any responsibility, really, and you know, with Patricia, with an outswinger, he, he's not coming to collect. I just think we were sort of on hiding to nothing, and like I said, the fact that it could have happened moments later again, it's it's frustrating. But I think you've got to take into account that we just aren't uh, that eleven today isn't
0: physical or even tall. No, I think I think it was after sort of set. I think Patricio... Made a really good save, like proper fingertip save. And then, sort of about two seconds later, if I had another one, in. it was straight out, unfortunately. And I, I get your point with Kilman because he, he's our tallest player. But for the first goal, he was almost defending, not not quite the near post, but he was defending that front zone. Whereas, if the ball goes over him, he, he's lost,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you rely on everyone else. And you know, you'd have fought for like the next um, corner. You'd have had him you know, at the back so we could run forward and attack it. And you know, it's a zonal markings a a tricky one for me because it for me it when it works, it works. But if there is a breakdown in communication, it crumbles massively. And if we have said how many times have we said this season in particular for this Wolves team just don't communicate with one another at the moment.
2: Yeah. And it's there's no there's no fault of any of the players. On conceding that goal, it's the system. The system's terrible. And it, it's like, I can see why you do, you, you think of it because of the height issue, but then surely you got to give yourself the best chance possible and not, not letting them change it up. It's just, you I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why, why it still happens. I mean, what, what games is there? 35 of the season? And this has happened all year. And it, it's never been a problem before this season, has it? We, we, we've cut, we've played a mixture of Zonal and man marking at the same time, in parts, but this season just seems to have gone completely to pot. You, you can't
1: be a Larry in the likes of Dan Byrne and Lewis Dunham to have a no. run on you. Zonal no. Marking.
0: It's just ridiculous. That's it. You need, uh, you know, you, you can't go 100% Zonal and just hope for the best. Um, and... There's the R. Oh, good. R. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's nice. That's a nice thing. I feel a bit happier.
1: Lapping up um, Wolves fans, they're gone. And there's a good chance they ain't coming back from this this time. Well, we don't know.
2: They're gone for a year, at least. Let's just let's just agree on that one. If they, can, they can ruin our lives again for a... Another time, but for now.
0: Well, Drink but, it in. I was going to say, they had four points off us this season. And you know what? You can have them this year. I'll take it. If, if, anyway, um, so, yeah, we, we it seemed to properly rattle us, didn't it, the um, uh, the set pieces, and we just couldn't find the mojo. And I thought, never and a that that's I was, I, the second quarter of the game. But we just looked completely on the ropes. Um, and we just couldn't get anything going for a good part of the game. Um, out of curiosity, were you guys very relieved to see half time? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I say we started well, and they just got mentally flummoxed.
2: Yeah, there was there was no coming back for me. And I think having, I know Dan's going to say about the inexperience, but I think for this for that point, there was no one to lift them, and that should have been Coady and Nevers' job to lift them players but they were just shell-shocked.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, c- completely agree. And I think S- second half, we started really well. We started a lot better. Um, they had their standard um, rocket of the arses um, at time, which, again, I failed i say this ball, slightly frustrates me because why do you need that going into the second half? Why can't you have that? Going into the first half, um, we'll never quite know how the game would have panned out if Brighton had eleven players. But in a way, I was really frustrated with the red card and um, that instance because I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about. It. I, I thought it was a great bit of play, by I think it was Vittinu put putting through yeah, yeah. and great, you know, excellent run by um Silver. But I'd have you know, I'd have backed Silver to score that. And I think I've wrote in my notes that it was a silly sending off, really, really stupid by Lewis Dunk. He's dunked himself um, on that one. Um, I mean, we, we won't even discuss whether it was a. Uh, do we think it's a red card? Because it is the most blatant red card you'll see all season. I don't know um, what he
2: was. I don't know. Well, I do know what he was thinking because he, he he was just a moment of madness. But then, like, he just stood there, like looking around, like not knowing what to do. So when you've when you're really bursting for a piss in, in the uh, train station and you, you're trying to find a twenty p, it was like that. He was like just like bamboozled by himself. Yeah, I mean, just it, I, shit happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I say for for me, I was really gutted for silver because that was the first time, or it, it felt like in a long period, in fact, game where we'd opened them up. Yeah, and how many chances do we see our striker go one on one this season? From that deep in the pitch, it's it, it
1: usually so much sort of possession player that ends up in a, a wing position. For us to actually have a player through on goal from about 50 yards out, I don't know how far he was, he'd probably ran that. But it was it was just an avoidable mistake, wasn't it, by Dunk? He's still got a long way to go to actually reach the area, and he's got one-on-one. I mean, I, I'd back him to score it just because of the confidence the lad has, and I think he's just a natural-born finisher. Um, I I can't remember what social media channel it was. About 10 minutes before that, they were saying, Lewis Dunk's got to be in contention for the Euros this season. I (laughs) I don't know whether it was Boyles or um, someone else, but, yeah, it was good jinxing, that was.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, out of curiosity, um, you know, just because I do occasionally like to go off on a tangent, if you're over-defending in that situation... I mean, do you pull the man down or do you let him go through? You look a bit bad, um, but you back your goalkeeper. Do you, do you or do you do the? I guess the professional foul like Dunk did, um, or is it a bit game circumstance? Because I think if that's in the 80th minute and that happens nine times out of ten, I'd do it.
2: Yeah. But at
0: that point in the game, mm, I think did, it's just didn't, didn't work for me. I
2: think it's just a reflex. I think I don't think he had a choice. I think it's just it's an automatic thing that. He's, he realizes he's screwed and he's I mean, it's like, why do people pull it why do players pull shirts and pull each other back this it's like a it's almost it's almost like a reflex. Because if he was thinking straight he would have clearly just let him run through but yeah. and be done done for pace but no nah, I just think he, I don't think he had any control over it really. No. Um
0: I mean after sending off um Wolves released the beast um, from the bench, Troy came on. He, uh, I, I might think he substituted ne- um, Neves, who, again, we talked about had a poor game, which was a really interesting one for me because it moved Retina further backwards and it moved Gibbs White inside. Who I thought Gibbs White, actually, even up until that point, had a decent game. He was playing out of position on the right, but he was showing, you know, he, he, he wasn't doing badly. He wasn't showing away from it. I mean, it clearly isn't a right-winger in the same sense that Troy Ray is anyway, um, but he kept plugging away and he um, just had a bit more about him in the middle and keeping Virginia, um in the centre as well, I think really helped Wolves and just allowed us to turn the screw, which I, again, yeah, we, we were against 10 men, but we did keep opening up little pockets um, in that last half an hour. And I think it helped having almost... Moutinho and two relatively creative players in that midfield but um, Traore when he came on he looked angry he looked mad about it didn't he he, he wasn't happy about being a sub was he Dan
1: no I think he's um, I don't know whether the pressure's on or Nuno's trying to make a, a point with him that he's not as irreplaceable as you think he might be at the moment um, just going back to sort of my earlier point being like have I mentioned we weren't a really physical team today. 61% possession Wolves had today. When you've got five midfielders like we had today, mm. all like to keep the ball tidy passing and actually um, attack with intent. That's why I thought we looked quite decent across the majority of that game today.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think, as I said, I think first 15 we looked, we looked all right. And then we, I think we struggled that right bit for the first half. And I think, Second half, I can't remember Patricio being tested at all. No, it whether I had 11 or 10 men. I think, I think once
1: th- they conceded their their sort of league position and their relegation form that they've been in, their confidence was just completely shot, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. um, I think Troy Allray just gave for me, he gave us that extra little bit, um. I think the shooting towards the South Bank was massive, though,
2: today. lad. Yeah. The, the seats are getting warmed up. How hey, they talk, like, the, the suction starting.
1: The, the ghosts of the South Bank were there today. <laughs> they've, they've got a sniff of the ground and they were there today in spirit. You could hear them on the BBC audio. They, they never stopped all game the South Bank today. Uh,
2: I mean, I think, go on, Stu. Go on, Stu. I say a bit I think more, it's, it's mental even, even saying it, but how. Blatantly fucking obvious it is that Gibbs White playing in his actual position changed the game. And how many times have we been have we played against ten men and it's been bodies behind the wall? It's harder to harder to break them down. And we've been apart for fun. Yeah. And that was playing playing adventurous players like Gibbs White in his actual position, Vatini in central midfield where he can is well, he got dunk sent off for that through ball anyway, and. Having Martinho on license to actually play like he does for Portugal, you know, I thought that that second half performance was absolutely superb, even before the sending off. And it's so frustrating that it has to be in the second half, and we can't do this for a whole game. That's why he it's a boiling point all the time. But you know, I think Triore being there freed him up, I think that's what changed him. Yeah, I mean, and,
0: and, and Triore's goal, I mean, again, it was it was int- weird because it was. Like almost a, a bit like an individual goal, but it was a really good team goal as well. And the build-up for it, Troy Ray, I think Troy Ray six weeks ago, might have just sort of swung it in himself rather than sort of just playing it back inside to Silva. Great layoff. Again, Silva, we mentioned earlier, he, he played with a lot of maturity. You know, he, he almost played like he was 29 rather than 19 mm. today. And then just exactly what he needed from the finish. And I said before with um, Troy, right, he just needs to be a bit more instinctive sometimes with his finishing and just get the shot off when he gets in position for it. And it, it showed again today, which is great. And uh, but, but I, I, the next one I was going to talk about was Gibbs White. And we, we, we've mentioned him a couple of times now and he didn't really get necessarily a chance on goal up until this point, but really well worked from Troy Ray closing down the keeper. I think I said I don't think I've actually said it on this podcast, but my frustration with Troy is he's the fastest player in the league, but you never see him behind the defenders. Mm. He likes to pick the ball instead of like being on the last man and put you know getting into that position. Despite that's where he gets all his goals, he likes to be twenty yards back and take a, a take a run up from, which I find bonkers. But closing down with goalkeeper, I can't remember the last time we've seen. Probably was, would have been like Jot last season like, you know, try and hassle the goalkeeper and it nearly paid off and then it comes to Gibbs White who I I, I think probably across the fan cast, I'm probably not too vocal about it because of everyone else I, I'm a really big fan of Gibbs White and I have been since day one and probably one of a few who still back him to a certain degree um, but I think a few have changed that now but oh, when the ball came to him, and he just clipped it over for the bar I I genuinely have like excuses and reasons for how he <laughs> missed it because it was sort of set up, like the, the cutback, it was fine, but it was set up for a left foot, he kind of just muddles his feet. Did you, when that happened, because it's what the 86th, I want to say something like that? Um, did you think that would be like his
2: last moment in a wolf's top at that point? No, because I he genuinely played well before, <laughs> so for it and. I'm going to look you know, in I've, I've slagged him off before, but it's never really been about him because it's not his fault. Because, mm. I mean, Nuno's played him all on the wing. He's played him up front. And it's just nonsense just playing him in his actual position. I know the formation's been an issue with that. But if you've got the players, adapt the formation to the players, and we've, we've all said it, and you, you know firsthand with your relatives in Swansea, but how good he was for them. And playing in that position... And he was like a player reborn. Look, he's never played that well for Wolves, for me, as he did today.
0: No, not, not definitely not in a long time. Calm down.
1: This is why I can't understand how you're a big fan of him, Rich, because he's never really had enough time in a Wolves shirt to justify putting in a good performance, unless you've been over flipping the book's head, watching him from <coughs> the academies.
0: Well, I'll, ha- I'll let you know. But uh, <laughs> no, I think from the points where I've, I've seen him play, You can tell when he's on the ball, he's got something about him, but at
1: Premier League level, he hasn't had enough minutes to show us really. And I think over the last sort of couple of games where he's been in a position where he was comfortable with, he's looked decent to be a squad player at this level.
0: I mean, there's a question I'm going to post you after we talk about his goal, to be fair. And I think that's it. And I'm not saying he's a world beater, and I'm not saying he should be. You know the the starting number ten for Wolves, but I think you've got—he's obviously got clear ability, and he has done since he was in youth levels. And he has really suffered from being a bit of a jack of all trades, and it's a bit of a trait of youth team football, in my opinion. That England has changed their mentality in uh, focusing on very technically astute players, but often don't have a position and unless you are light years ahead of everyone, you, you'll you struggle to actually find a place in a team. So for a lot of time, he didn't really have a position. He could just play anywhere. And again, he couldn't focus on his game. And then he had a couple of injuries. He couldn't get in the lineup. Whether we, you know, whether we had off the field stuff going on that impacted performance, that's not for, well, me to say <laughs> anyway, because I can't be bothered with the editing job. Um, but, he, he, he seemed to really enjoy being somewhere in Swansea, which, again, look, I think we could all probably agree he, he's very good championship. And, you know, that gave him a bit of confidence. He's had an up-and-down season with injury as well. Um, but I think it's shown the last sort of three or four, you know, two or three games he's played for Wolves where he's had minutes, He's he's got something about him. And even taking his goal today and... It was something we probably not quite seen from him before, and the difference between him having a second to pause and get his head up to, you know, clip it in the corner after scoring a really easy chance. Oh, it's just fantastic for me. I mean, I, I, how do you feel about the goal in general?
1: It was. A you first... can't knock the lads. Sorry, straight. You can't knock the lad for persevering after all the sort of social media backlash he's had at Wolves. The fact yeah. that he's missed, missed an open goal today, his head could have easily have just dropped and in, in, in the, the ground at eating him up. But to go again, and obviously, that, that was the only area that he could have put that ball um, when he scored the goal. And yeah, fair play to the lads. I hope he kicks on from there because we want to put the England uh, band back together
0: and fold and in um, World Cup 2022. <laughs> no, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I mean, that brings me on to my question about him you know, his future at Wolves and for me it is a bit of a question of whether we have hit Gibbs White or Virginia next season because I think Virginia has got a lot of potential, he's been a joy to watch the last couple of games, I think we're all big fans of him here and what he can do and his best position seems to be that number 10 role as we've just said with Gibbs White now, do you think a will be able, we'll keep both of them next season. Or if you can only get rid of one of them, or not keep one of them, so shall, shall we say, because is still technically on loan, do you not sign Vitigna and keep Gibbs White? Or do you move Gibbs White on, get the get the money and back Vitigna? I'll go to Stu first.
2: If we're gonna play this formation, we'll just keep both of them. He's he's if he's come out saying that he wants a bigger squad now, and away from this silliness of only having twelve players, then we're going ideally you want two players for every every position here. ideally yeah so and Virginia can play deeper, as has been shown international well obviously age appropriate international level. So, and and we're all kind of thinking along the same lines that yeah Matinho He's not going to last forever, and he probably shouldn't last next season either. But so playing him further back with Gibbs White in front of him, you could be looking at Harlem Grow just like football. And why why can't you have two creative players in the middle? Why? No, I think I
0: think my my sort of point was I like them both, but they are still on their upward trajectory as players, and we could potentially sign a creative player who's a little bit more progressed in their career than them, um, because I don't think either one of them's the quite the finished article. Um, if we were looking to sign like an, another, I, I guess a more accomplished attacking player, sort of um, was my point of view. I think if, if we keep them both, and they you know they have really strong pre-seasons, great. Um, I just can't quite see us necessarily building a team around one of them at the moment. Um,
2: I think that this is what needs to happen. There's that. No- if we're not going to have that much money to spend, like they're saying, like Spears and everyone's saying, oh, we have to sell to buy and all this stuff, then we've got two players there who we can build the team around and Silva as well, who's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all incredibly young. Why why can't we? I mean, if we, I'd much rather do that than buy someone like Douglas Costa for 30 million quid and try and sl- slide him in somewhere because he's a, a Mendez client and he kind of fits the bill. I'd rather go the... Know, the Mick McCarthy young and hungry route but these players have got talent and they're only going to get better if you play them so I'd go down that route personally
0: Dan how, how about you uh, if you could sort of pick between Virginia and Gibbs White or are you I guess much more with Stu's camp let's keep them both let's let's see if we can keep um, better developments within Wolves for the season more If
1: Nuno's got the ability to handle a bigger squad then I'm all for keeping both of them if I had to Get rid hyphenated things. We'll for go for guys. not. We'll go not keep that. That'll be that's nicer language in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think as shown at the start of this season, it still wouldn't hurt Gibbs White to get another loan out to a Championship side in the hope that he has a Mason Mount type Derby loan and comes back and kicks on from there.
0: Yeah. No, I think, I think that's um, I think that's more than fair. Um, we've talked about a few players who did well today in terms of Gibbs White, in terms of Atinia. Anyone else stand out for yourselves today, uh, Dan?
1: I think the the region Bicenti Lizarazu for me today again. <laughs> he's a future Ballon d'Or winner that left back for us. If, if, if he doesn't play Champions League level in his career, something's seriously gone wrong because he's a serious talent. The it. I don't want to compare him to Venagre Venagre, if you will. But I hope, I hope it doesn't get drummed into him to start turning back like he did with Venagre. I want him constantly going at full-backs. He's got the ability to take players on. He's not afraid to get the ball in the box from distance instead of having to get to the byline. I like the look of him, and I think he's a, a serious talent. That If we can get him for good money this summer, he's the... the um blueprint false and so on in the, in this era a young player who can be a special talent and you,
0: you double your money on him easily if you, you when you easily. do come to sell him definitely I think he's especially with Johnny's injury I think he's a shoe where we just need to get it sorted he's starting to prove himself again it, it it's level of playing games isn't it for a lot of these young players we've said it before we've said we'll say it again these players have obvious potential um, and they need minutes. Look at Silver eight Norrie. He started really well, dipped off. They're young, we're going to have this and sometimes we can be a bit prisoners of the moment um, about what we think of them after a game. Um, but eight nori the last couple of weeks. He, he's quietly just been going about his business really, really strongly for me. Um, Stu, Stu, how about yourself?
2: You look at him in the eight, nine months he's been here. And we all, they probably had record viewing figures on BT for that, that, um, on uh, gaming and PSG before we signed him when there were the rumors that he was going to come (laughs) in and they got, they got battered six, but he was their best player. And you look at him then compared to now, and he's light years ahead in nine months. Mm. He's matured that much. And I think it's been a blessing in disguise for him. What's happened to Johnny, because he would probably, he, well, he wouldn't have played. And we probably wouldn't have signed him either, knowing that we, we, we can bring Vinagra back. And if Johnny had been fully fit, I know he wouldn't have played these last few games. And he's, he's now nailed on to be signed because, like Dan said, he's the kid's got something. And unlike Vinagra and anyone else, he hasn't, yet, he hasn't changed. He's just got better. He hasn't matured into this, oh, no, I won't cross the halfway line thing. He's just got better and better. So, yeah, he's a nailed-on signing for me.
1: I just, I just need to emphasise just how much he's matured in these nine months. Yeah. And recently, as well, going into a back four, he looks, he looks the part, even in the back four now, where I think we all thought he was just a wing-back at the start. But I think he, he, he does definitely get better game
0: by game at the moment. He's arguably played better with left-back than he has... Left wing back, yeah, and that's I think that's due with the space that gets in front of him. I think he linked it really well with Podence as well um, when he sort of came inside. There was a couple of moments where when Wolves were sort of finding themselves, all our best patterns of playing the first sort of half and even going into the second were sort of down that left hand side of him, you know, gambling and exploiting space and following your pass and doing the basics. um I was going to say uh, we we talked a little bit about. I guess for me, you look at the players who did well, and it's sort of more junior players in that squad, and the players who seem to let us down today were the more senior players. Is that a is that a fair assessment, Stu?
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, we were, Dan's not going to mention it anyway, but obviously, King Kilman did nothing wrong at all, I and mean, he, he took a took a booking for the team when he needed to, and he was just it was all sh- Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, he came forward, I mean, having a shot. What's he doing? But Again, he never he never lets you down, does he? He just slots in back four. Everyone thinking, oh no, he's a championship player at best, and but he's just slotted in. No no problem whatsoever, <laughs> and he didn't get rattled once. I mean, Cody got done, but redeemed himself as well Welbeck, which is fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the two in midfield, central midfield, and dear God, I mean, Nevers looks completely shot, and matinho you know, looks like he should be, done with the horses, but. Uh, and then, do we even want to talk about William Jose?
0: Uh, uh for that, I mean, to be fair, Matino seemed to pick it up when we were down to ten men. He had that bit more creative flow, and I think we can all agree that's where, when Matino, yeah, that's when Matino is at, at his peak. Is when he's got that bit more creativity going forward, and when he sort of did that beautiful clip over the top to William Jose, and he trapped it. Like yeah, it was a bag of cement. Oh, just Bill, come on. And we, we talk about loan loan players we have, and you know, in eight nor we in you, and hopefully we can keep them. I think we've all. I, I'm usually someone who's on the fence on these things, but oh, I don't want us to sign him in the summer. And I, he, he's come in, He's he's done a job for us to a degree by literally being a body up front and being a little bit of cannon fodder uh, for Fabio Silva for for a few months while he was still acclimatising. And who knows, in sort of five, ten years' time, um, when Silva's getting 60 goals a season, we'll look back at, you know, Jose being the making of Silva because he uh, he kind of kept him out of the spotlight for a little bit longer.
2: It's just wanky. <laughs> just I like how
0: I go through all of his and go, yeah, he's just fucking shit rich, to be
2: fair. Well, he, he's just, he's not, let's say like he's 13th game now and he's got one goal and he's not—he's looked like scoring one other time and that was his, his first one. He's just not good enough. He just can't, if this is just playing in England, we well, said it a bit, his movement before, how shocking it is and he's a—he's very much a poacher and he's scored a few spectacular ones but that's really what he has been brought in to do, I think, he's just because we couldn't get anyone else. But when you listen to how, how, how much and how arduous the process of getting him in was, he's just been a complete failure. Yeah. Um, man
0: of the matches, guys. Um, I think it's, again, hey, life's better when Wolves win and there's a few good performances out there today. And I think, you know, you take away 20 minutes from the first half and, and we deserve to win that game. Um, who are you having for your man of the match?
1: Oh, my Prosecco walls, man of the match this week. They had a Prosecco walls for a good time.
0: No, we've uh, it's, it's been an occasion for bubble. <laughs> no, it's been,
1: there's been zero champagne football for a long time. A, no. a
0: we, had, we had a bit of champagne football today, so I think let's whack out the uh, whack out the eight quid Prosecco. You could you could give it to two or three
1: today. I'll. Purely because of the effect that he had on the game, I'm going to give it to Adama. I think he he, he definitely changed the game today. Yeah,
2: well, I'll go the other way, then I'll say Gibbs-White, because he played in his actual position. He was superb.
0: Uh, see, I'm torn because those are literally my two. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to Gibbs-White, chiefly on the basis that he scored the winner, uh, which doesn't say much about Troy, because Troy was a catalyst for the for game-changing game changing and we might... I think if Troy didn't play today, we'd have got a point. But the fact that he came on, we got three points. Um, I don't want to hear any more negativity
1: from Monday to Sunday in this WhatsApp group if you <laughs> boys are going to give a player that pretty much missed an open goal, the man of the match.
2: <laughs> Redeem himself. He did. He like did. Nuno today.
0: Yeah. Um... So, yeah, we'll see. Um, we're going to take a short break, guys. Um, we're going to talk about, um, well, we're going to skip forward, actually. We're going to talk a little bit about Man United and talk about Spurs and do Twitter corner right after this. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, and of course a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, now they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves please go check it out, but they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs, from websites, brochures and signage, to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back. So um, in line with the restrictions being uh, lifted in football stadiums um, for the last home game of the season against Manchester United, uh, a select number of fans are being able to attend the game. Uh, There has been a little bit of... um, Difficulty, controversy, uh, balls up however you want to look at it in terms of priorities. Um, I just want to quickly gauge your thoughts, guys, in terms of, A, uh, did you apply for tickets? Were you successful? Um, bit of your reasoning behind it, really. So, Stu, um, did you apply in the end? No.
2: <laughs> just no. I mean, it would be kind of... It would be massively hypocritical of me for the amount of slagged everyone off for the last year... To then go and apply and take uh, for the last game of the season, which is going to be like a celebration of being back. I just didn't think it was right. And the fact that it, it's been so awful anyway, why would I spend money and go and watch that? When I can sit in my armchair and be happy. But no, I, I just, I just, the whole process and it's just, it's not the fact, oh, I'm not going back until all fans are back and that kind of thing that a few people think. But it just stays in my for me. And I just thought, well, I could. I'd rather not be there, to be honest.
0: Yes, I mean, I I, I didn't end up applying for a couple of different reasons. And, you know... um, Plastics! Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, pretty much. Um, So, Dan, I know you're not a Fairweather fan. Rich, me and you had a lovely
1: um, Stories from the Pack episode, which is still out for viewing people. and it 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 was clear for me... From the start, as soon as we had the opportunity, that I was one hundred percent applying because I just wanted to be there. I did. I, I wanted the opportunity to say that I haven't missed a season in twenty-seven years. And, he, and if even if it was as bad as what Stu says, every day of the week, just to have the opportunity, just to have the opportunity to boo them off would have pleased me. <laughs> just, just how much not being in the ground and having that matchday experience has been such a blow for a lot of people, including <laughs> myself. What was that? It was a blow. Yeah, you definitely were coughing plastic. I know that. <laughs> I just think, like, if, if the opportunity is there and I've got, and, and I can, I was going to reply. Uh, my mindset was if I couldn't get a ticket, then I wouldn't be disappointed. But if I can, if I can go, great. No, I mean, to be fair. Plus, plus, with a limited crowd, I've got a really good opportunity to call Marcus Rashford a wanker. Because I think it would just be funny for the amount of good things he's done. It would be so like ironic just to call him a wanker.
2: And you can get your Fabio song started as well.
0: Yeah, me on my arm with like <laughs> 2,000 people looking at me stupidly. I was going to say, I think, I think it will be an interesting occasion because of course Wolves didn't get to host any fans um, at the end of 2020 um, when a few were. So I, hopefully the Wolves can actually turn it on. Um, for, for sort of a few thousand are able to go. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of interesting, kind of gauging uh, your guys' thoughts. Um, the other one I sort of wanted to pick up in not not quite general news, and we've talked about um, Virginia and Gibbs White to a degree. When I saw the lineup today, I thought it's a bit makeshift, but there's potential in it. How many of that starting 11 would you have starting next season or very much within the squad? Because mm-hmm. Um, you know we, we, we've you've got eight nori you've got podents and i've seen sort of quite a few question marks about him silver as well is in there um and Nevis and martinio as well so um I, I know whether we want to kind of just go for it player by player or um how, how's best but i think we would we all sort of be across the board in terms of patricio um being Obviously. our goalkeeper next season i don't see that changing um hoover he's Definitely going to be backup for Sumado I think going into next year. Um, I think I think he's
2: really. he's a prime example of what we were saying about game time. Mm. That he he looked tidy, but at the same time, he didn't look wonderful, did he? I mean, if Sumado would put that performance in, he, he would have been lynched.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um, for um, Hoover today, I saw someone say he's getting a lot of good positions, but not an awful lot's coming out of it just yet. Did
1: Matino we... think Hover was Trent Alexander for our corners today? <laughs> oh,
0: good grief! I mean, I was going to say we didn't even we, we've we've talked uh, short corners to death, haven't we, on uh, this season? But I was getting text messages um, about how bad they were. Um, and uh, uh, I, don't I was doing
1: the in-game Twitter for the game today, Rich, and I was literally finding wasted gifts because I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know what what they do in training. Like I said before, there must be like attacking against cardboard cutouts to keep persevering with these short corners because it doesn't work. I know we haven't got like a tall squad, and and they're, they're trying to manoeuvre a set piece where they can draw the defenders out to then have a bit more space in behind them, but it's not working. Just get the ball in the mixer and someone go and header it. It's simple as that. I think yeah. the,
2: the problem is it's Matinho delivering the ball as well when he did it in the first season but since then it's been kind of first man and that's why this all started in the first place i mean you, I you got players like eight new who can put a ball in yeah a few went out of play last week but he can still put a ball in and you've got players there who surely could do a better job
0: i mean i i on the face of it i've not got a problem with short corners especially today because we've already talked about how dominant Brighton are in the air compared to us. So if you want to do something differently to open up, great, but do it well. <laughs> As Dan said, from a training pitch every day in the week. And that's the best they can come up with. Come on. What's more that's- frustrating? Our
1: corners or the fact that we're still allowing Nevers to have free kicks. No. He added again to his catalogue of howlers today that were high and wide. But, Someone yeah. needs to tell him to stand aside for this one. I'm, oh, I'm having a goal because it's embarrassing how many free kicks and long-range shots I'm hitting my seat in the
2: South Bank. But it's, it's Neves territory and he has got former members, we told every week, by different commentators on every single show.
1: But he oh. looks like a dad in his forties now with his shooting.
0: His, his legs have gone. As <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I find it interesting with Nevis and to be fair, he's what has he scored three free kicks for Wolves? I want to say maybe four tops.
1: He's only scored one in the Prem, hasn't he? He scored Everton, Everton. He scored
0: Arsenal both yeah. in his first season. Can't remember one last season. Um, Probably should have done some prep for this one if I'd thought it through, but um, they I'd, I'd be interested to sort of see his stats over free kicks compared to, I guess, every other team's set you know, free kick taker. Um, but it sometimes feels like it, it it's completely, you know, it's either fantastic or it's terrible. Well, it's, you know what I mean, it's like it's either stick, it's either nesting in the back of the net, or it's on target, or it's high wide. Enhancement doesn't look anywhere near the goal, and I think that's what's getting to you, Dan, isn't it? It's the fact that when he doesn't quite get the technique right, it looks awful. I've, it's just coming to me, lads. Okay, the fans ain't sucking in it in. <laughs> that's got to be it. They've not got. We've not in the South Bank. We've not got those arrows where we can just all direct it. Yeah. <laughs> going in um yeah so neves mitinho midfield next season do you Jeez. reckon uh, the fourth, fourth time lucky <laughs> The
1: thing you got you got you got to um, allow neves for is that since joining us he, he hasn't had a break yeah. even with like sort of he was at the nations league at the end of last season he's he's got more flipping kids than flipping
2: um bernardos he he doesn't sleep, does he? He can't sleep. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's a vampire. Maybe he's a, that's a problem. He it... just looks tired to me.
1: I, I said on Twitter today that Matino makes him look. Mm. He makes Matinho look young for me at times. The way he moves about the pitch, it looks like it's a slog for him at times. I don't. Did he have? Did he have COVID or was he, was he isolating? Who knows? I don't, don't, don't
2: quite know.
0: I think though. That...
2: Mm. Well they said Bolly they said Bolly was on the at first. Yeah, and now he's got lung COVID and he's like yeah broken. So
1: <sighs> I still think it's... Neves on his day we have to build a team around Neves yeah, in the right. Field, but recently yeah. if someone was to offer big money, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as heartbroken as um, with him leaving as I would have done probably 12, 18 months ago. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm, i know when they were talking on set piece menu last week about the um, the way players have moved through the systems and stuff. And you look at the, the, who came in for us in that first year, where you had Neves and Jota, Cavalero, Costa. Costa's probably gone sideways now to Leeds. Cavalero down to Fulham. Jota's obviously gone to Liverpool, and Neves has kind of just stayed. He's kind of plateaued, and he's never really pushed on. So, I'm, I'm with Dan with that. If someone came in and offered like forty million, then you'd t- I'd take it now because he's just not. He's not stepped up like everyone thought he would do. And obviously, he's still a brilliant player. Obviously, don't get me wrong. But...
0: I was going to say, that I think, no, you, you've got it right. He's he's not dramatically improved. He's just consistently kept and... at the right level. You know, he's he's almost been at that, that solid pro level for three years in the Premier League. He's not been standout to a degree as much as I think we all kind of anticipated he would. And... Whether, you know, it'll be a changing system or whoever he's playing alongside, I think it'll be interesting. But, um, Martino, um do we see him being the start of next season? Is he, has he got a contract till 2022? Or is it the end of his now? No,
2: it's going kind to of the year, I think. He's got to year now, Yeah, it? It, it would
1: be more sort of evident in the media if his contract was coming up this season. Yeah. I
2: mean, it, oh. it's... If he played... then to play well for Portugal, this is the problem. They'll go to Portugal, they'll play well. And then they come back here and they're kind of shackled. So it's a, it's almost a case now you can't play both of them. And which, which why, if we're going to have a bigger squad, then surely we'd play someone like someone with more energy next to them, like Vitinha, or someone to hold and let them run, wander around, like Ottaceoui, for example. I'm not saying it has to be them, but to keep playing them together now in a, in a fourth year would be ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say that the last sort of, player to sort of, sort of move it along I think most of the other sort of starters we could sort of not see necessarily being a starter Silver, if Jimenez is back he's probably not going to be the starter um, Troy Array probably gets in ahead of Gibbs White and even the team you've got Neto as well knocking about what are you guys thinking about Podence next season because he's had bright points but he's gone very quiet now the last few weeks and I don't I'd be interested to see you guys' thoughts on, yeah, his long-term future at the club will definitely going into next season. Do you see him becoming a squad player as opposed to a starter?
1: It it breaks my heart, to be honest, with um, little Dan 2.0. There's definitely a player there, but I I don't know where he fits in with this Wolves team anymore. This is like his second season there, Wolves, and if if you look at his sort of appearances, he's always carrying an injury at some point or another. He's definitely got a bit of flair in him, but when you look at the likes of Neto, Adama, Vitinha Gibbs, White, all sort of vying for them, um, three attacking midfielder winger positions, I don't know where he fits in, it's just whether he's happy being a squad player as well.
0: Yeah, I think sort of from the last couple of games, which I appreciate two games isn't quite enough to judge it on, I'd probably prefer Vitinha in back number 10 than Podence, because Vitinha can drop back and, you know, play the conductor, as well as pushing forward, and opponents doesn't quite have him about him, but he's been known to have his little bits of magic. How about you, Stu? Just even being, I, I guess, our starting.
2: I mean, uh, if you you go back to restart last June, and he pushed Jota down to fourth choice, he was great, but that's you're looking back to when was the last good game he had, probably Sheffield United away, first game of the season. The one that sticks out for me. And was that even him? Yeah, it was. Um I'd get rid. Of it. Honestly. I I just get because he doesn't he's like one in one in seven, one in eight, where he seems to turn up or do anything. The rest of the time he's kind of sulking or trying to kick off with people or or he's injured. He just hasn't it just hasn't really worked. It's like it's another one that's kind of there's, there's obviously something there, but for whatever reason, it's just not clicked. Like Dan's best mate, Katrone, where there was <laughs> he had something, but it didn't work. And now he's moved on and it hasn't worked anywhere else since. And I think that's what, I mean, obviously, we all saw the, the game against Spurs when he was at Olympiacos, and he was amazing. But it's been too few and far between for me. I, I'd, if it was an option of anyone to sell, then he'd be first at the door for me.
1: The concern with Poland is that we're probably going to um, make a loss on him, the way it's going.
2: Yeah, oh, 15, 15, 16 million, was it? Something like that? Yeah. And
0: you assume that's the price we'd have yeah, to pay ain't... for Vitinha?
2: Yeah, you again. You mean, if, someone, if someone like, I don't know, if Watford offered 10, 15, you'd take it? I'd buy, buy their hands off for that now.
0: Swap deal with Porto for Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Value dream. Um, okay, so I was, I was just curious to sort of see how we thought the because uh, again it was experimental lineup today. I wanted to sort of see how we thought it looks next season. Because at the end of the day, Nuno was experimenting today for next season. Not, I mean, he, he got to rest players, but. Um, you know, I think it gave us a, a good chance to look at a few of those other players staying different roles as well. Um, but moving on to our next game now. So, Wolves are playing Spurs next Sunday um, at two o'clock. Um, we're not going to kind of go completely in depth, um, onto it because we'll be doing our Fancast pre match, um, show on YouTube and on uh podcast forums for you all. Um, in terms of lineup, do we see it being a bit of a revert back to how it was? I like guess against the Albion, or do you think it'll be the same sort of starting eleven? How do you sort of see it um, being tweaked um, going against
2: Spurs? through? I don't think there's much you really need to change going on that second half performance, but that's the problem. But is he going to go there and he's going to stink the place up first? Because if we, I mean, Spurs, the state they're in. If you go at them, they'll just completely crumble. So, I mean, for me, you, I think back four's set in stone now for the rest of the season. Just um, so you bring so in your center half, then I'll keep it the same Kilman and Kilman and Cody. Well, why why change? Why change it? I mean, they, they didn't really do anything wrong today. Um, obviously, Someda's going to be back from his little rest. Um, and personally, I, I'd go, I'd probably go Vitinia, Matinho, Gibbs White as a middle three. And just and put Neves on the bench for a change for the reasons we've already spoke about that he looks like he's forty five, um, and then you only got the one the one problem part of of Silver up front. So then do you start with Traore which you kind of uh, unless you're going to play Corbiano, which he's not going to, then you kind of have to, <laughs> and then you're left with Paredes playing someone else out of position. So I mean that's I mean. <laughs> The forward, forward options are the only ones that I'd really see changing but ideally that's that midfield three I'd go to Spurs and take the game to him.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest he's never going to play for Montreal Messi um, and yeah, I think the only I, I could see him maybe starting Troy but dropping Podence and it, again just shoehorning Gibbs White onto the onto the left or, or keep swapping him and Vettinia, that's that that's how I'd potentially work it behind it. Whether you go oh, Sowey in the middle, then Donka because he's dropped out of a game, and you almost go Patino and then Donka and mix it up. Dan, what what are you thinking?
1: I'm, I'm probably going to be negative and go back to a five against Tottenham. To be honest, I think it's, it's, it's ridiculous to suggest it, but I think they've got that much sort of. Um, exciting players in their final third I, I, I think we'll struggle to keep them out with that back four you know my you know my opinions on, on mm-hmm. Cody and Kilman as a, a back two centre pair and I, I think having Kane going up against them two is just a accident waiting to happen. Do you bring in uh, Sykes back in then? Was Bolly back in training? I'm well, sure yeah. Bolly was back in training the weekend even so, it might be a bit too early for him to come back. Um, mm-hmm. I,
2: I, 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 this, they did would lose 3-1 to Leeds. They only scored yeah, Leeds one have past always the
1: got, Leeds have always got that. I mean, in, in the Malvernator, to beat teams like that, they've also got the ability to get beat 4-5-1 in a game as well. It's, and that Harry Kane offside as well, oh, my God. <laughs> no, I can't I can't have that VAR discussion with you, Stu, Stu, That's just... The game's horribly
2: the, vile at the moment. It's just, to, just bit, goals for that. to be fair, the linesman did flag for that first. It wasn't. It went to VAR to confirm, but the linesman gave that offside. Just to be yeah. pedantic.
1: I mean, I, I did sort of ponder at half-time today that maybe we should have brought on Den Donker. At half-time, to have a bit more height and physicality on set pieces. But he's been poor recently, so I don't know why you, you would bring him back in. Um, it's a difficult one for dinner but the old saying you never change a winning team The yeah, it's just I think a back four against Tottenham and that centre-back pairing just
0: makes me nervous no fair enough
2: um, score predictions then gents Two all um, yeah I think there'll be, be goals actually to be fair um, another 3-2 win
0: Okay, I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah, <laughs> Slightly less goals, um, but we'll see, we'll see. Shall we have some questions from Twitter Corner Guys? Bring it on. Right, uh, big thanks to everyone who sent you your questions after uh, today's game. Um, right, so first up, Gaz Roberts, how many goals will Morgan Gibbs White score for Euros?
2: <laughs> Top scorer, six.
1: It's a difficult one because people seem to take our Euro tweet quite seriously today <laughs> on media, and I'm, I'm I'm not sure whether I'm I'm uh, to stick with it and actually pretend he's actually going to be there. Uh, so I'll say nine. He'll win the golden boot. Nine.
0: Okay. Um uh football uh, near fate. Um One of our. Uh, I was going to say one of our former fancast friends. Um, but what would our table position be if we played every game against ten men?
2: <laughs>
0: Which appreciate well, gives us a bit of an unfair advantage, but yeah.
2: Well, it's switched even today in the Arsenal game where we actually before then I can't remember the last time we actually played well against ten men for for my entire life. So, you are on this season. You're looking at Champions League. <laughs> Difficult one in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean to be fair, like if, if we've got like nine percent more players than the opposition, we probably should be doing better for them. Um so what have we got coming up? Um we've got uh three tweets from King Wolf84 Nag, uh who's a friend of the fan cast. Yes. Um I'm going to re- read out the only one which is actually a question because other obviously is just letting me know things um, and I've got a laugh time for him. Um, how good it is to have one of our own score the winner?
2: It's been a while.
0: You know what? I was just thinking the same. I was trying to work out the last time we had an academy player score the winner.
2: Pricey? Um, MK Duns?
0: Did Bright maybe get a goal in a League Cup game? I've got a memory. Did he score the winner against Barnsley? We got the
1: season we got promoted. Anyway, I I mean, we,
0: we can all we can all agree it's been a while. It's been a <laughs> um, long, long while. Yeah. I, mean, I remember Glenn Crow
1: scoring away at Charlton <laughs> Athletic back in the 90s. He was another good academy player. You got your Robbie Keane, your Les Scots, and Dobby Lina, Dominic Fowler, Swindon swinding on the on, on Sky back in the day past Frank Talia.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say Adam Proudlock, who's now is now 40. Yeah. That makes, that makes me feel old. That 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 is a sign of the times. Uh, Stuart Jones, um, how many of our nearly switched off? Um, how many of you nearly switched off at half time after how poor it was?
1: No.
0: no. I was no. doing twisting games, so I'll, I have to just take
1: one for the team and persevere at times.
2: Yeah, the, the only time I've left a game was the um was Burnley away when I uh, went to watch Gremlins. No, <laughs> no, no, just, we need it no, no more. <laughs> I said it at the time I said it on the podcast at the time or the one after that I was so pissed oh, off. Sorry, I, I I got it into my head that you actually left the ground
1: early. It was an old Burnley game that like you you left early to go and watch Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've no. <laughs> <We've> got <laughs> got to get on the uh, on the fifty nine bus to get <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob Cot writes uh, got two questions. Hmm. Okay, we'll go for the first one. Um, when did Neves last hit the target with a free kick? Uh, I'm struggling. I really am. Um, he also says sign Vatiniu and sell Neves. And I, I guess we sort of covered it. Would you sell Neves to fund? Uh, for, I guess for transfer funds off its own right, or only if like a big, you know, decent money came
2: in for him. I think forty. If you're talking Jota, Jota level money, at least it's tougher thinking of Nevers than it was for Jota for me, just because of what we said that he, he just looked fucked that he needs a rest. Mm. So, but at the same time. If it was a case of we had to sell someone and he was the only one to sell to buy, to bring in Vitina and then have money for someone else, for 45, 50 million, then I probably would.
0: Okay. Um, last question we've got is from Todd DeWitt, uh, the California kid, who's now no longer going to be the California kid. He's actually moving to Minnesota. So the Minnesota man, does that? It doesn't sound as cool as Colorado kid. Did I say California kid? yeah. Uh, I was gonna say the Colorado kid. Um anyway, he asks, um, you have to sell either trial podents in the summer. Which one do you sell? Dan?
1: Podents in in some sort of um we can put him in a in a kinder egg <laughs> and pack him off nicely. I
0: was gonna say like maybe from that logic, maybe like a babushka doll. And like you keep taking out porcelain, porcelain, porcelain. um, what's the call? The little Russian dolls, yeah, yeah. You take out lots of Daniel Ponens until you get to him in the middle, probably very uh air deprived. Stu, how about you? Um, you've got to sell either Ponens or
2: Trail right. Oh, Ponens 100%. Like, I mean, I, I've been on on the self trial to get money trained for a, a while, but with the choice of them two, then yeah. He doesn't do anything. He's rubbish. Waste of time.
1: The situation for me is I'd rather let trial. How many years has trial? I got left.
2: Yeah, one, two, 18 months. No, hmm. two years.
1: Yeah, so one. We've got we've got two seasons left. Yeah, it, it, excluding this one.
2: No, because he'd be able to talk to people within a year. No, six months. A. So his contract um,
0: ends up in twenty twenty three. I'm yeah. Thinking. So yeah, yeah. So he's got two yeah. seasons left. Yeah, I'd I'd rather
1: let him go for a free in two years than sell him now. Yeah. Okay. I think it's too important to the way that we that we play at the moment. I think he proved today him coming on it when he did to to change the game.
2: I mean, it, for every game like today, you get other games where he just gets in the way and doesn't really do anything, but like today proved when he's on it. And when, he's, when he actually wants it, like, he, I mean, it was a master stroke making him all angry, like we said at the start. When he's when he's in that mentality, he's unstoppable. I just think when he's
1: on the pitch, he, because teams are so scared of his pace, they freeze up over areas. So once Neto's back, you, you've got Neto having one-on-ones against four-backs because Brighton, and, uh, Brighton the, the opposition of uh
0: overcrowding Troy Roy on the other wing. Yeah, I think that, uh, to a degree, I think not having Jimenez has been a bit of a struggle with that because, again, he's someone who takes what will we be able to occupy and he's clever with his movement. So he's either creating space for Traore or himself or, say, for Neto as well. And the fact Wolves haven't been switched on enough to, you know, manipulate the the overloads of defenders is, is a bit of a shame this season um, and sort of one where hopefully that they can review uh, and next year. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today, guys. Um, I must say, it's been quite nice talking about Wolves winning. It's actually been a fun game for a while. Feels like, I can't remember the last time. Half I... a
2: game.
0: Uh, I'll go for two-thirds. <laughs> so how, about, how about you percentage-wise?
1: Hmm. Yeah, two-thirds is about off. I think what I enjoyed today was pretty much sharing about 90% of Wolves players' Instagram posts on our story just because it felt nice to do yeah to give them it, a bit of a morale boost for, for
0: themselves it, it, yeah like for me it just it it felt like a good game and they worked hard for it it didn't feel unearned so even like when we beat um fulham recently and it was a bit of a turgit game it, it seemed to have something about it today and it was it was actually fun to watch for for the most part for me anyway or at least half of it for for Stu. um big thanks to everyone who's joined us today um really appreciate you popping along to have a little listen um thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media if any of your website needs any of your marketing needs any of your branding needs go check them out at pixel um make sure you keep in the loop with all things fancast we're on uh, all of our social media media uh, accounts now at Wolves fancast to keep things lovely and simple um make sure you're checking out our youtube channel our post-match fan reaction um, is for today's games out there now. So if you want to hear um, my my thoughts and some of the other guys' um, views, sort of directly after after the game, when everything's a little bit rawer, uh, go check it out. We've also got our fancast pre-match, which will be dropping um, sort of Thursday, Friday time. That uh, little Dan will be um, hosting once again, and we'll also have got really his tactical analysis as well. We do quite a lot. Yeah, all for free. Okay. Oh, I was say, all for
1: free. Um, there's still a lot, lot more to come.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, oh, it, this is... I was going to say, I sound like, a little drops to go, oh, we're, we're a bit of all right here, guys. But, <laughs> yeah, make sure you check us out. Um, Again, lots of fun stuff for you. Um, And, yeah, keep up to us on uh, on social media for your lols and
2: trolls as well. Until next time, it's goodbye from Stu goodbye but once you've checked out our twitter feed please go and check out at the official hrh because some of the stuff he's been putting on is incredible
0: i will check this out i, I i'm guessing is it relating to the albion
2: it, it's, it's very much going dancing but, and it's almost on a thousand likes already and it's at this point not even 10 o'clock
0: okay wow well,
1: and it's goodbye from dan Catcher in the week, folks. As Richard mentioned, I'll be doing the Fancast pre-match sponsored by the Sports Shop Kings Winford with former Tottenham and Wolves attacking midfielder Rowan Ricketts next week. So uh, keep your eye out for that.
0: What's happening? That's a great, great one to uh, listen to. It's goodbye from me. And finally, and I think you can all enjoy me saying this, fuck the Albion.